Hi, this is Jeff Stone of Grandpa's Fried Barbecue from the Panhandle of Florida. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. So listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about the most important things that are happening in the live fire industry to date. The show originating from... Palm City, USA. Cleveland. If you missed the first hour, don't worry. We are recording. Boing. You can get that podcast early morning tomorrow. On Thursday, you'll get hour number two of the show. On Friday, you will get a best of, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Still to come on the show this evening, Melzy Wilson, the organizer at Smoke Slam Barbecue Festival. She'll be joining us for no less than one, possibly two segments. We say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of our video streaming platform partners. You may or may not be able to go to Facebook, which I am sure... At least on my end isn't going through, but maybe it has. Well, hold on. Let me look through the thing here. It says it's going to stream one, which should be Facebook, but I don't know exactly where that is. Maybe it's on my personal page now. It's been going to the show page for years. But when I went to turn it on today, it was not going to go to the show page. So that's fine. Maybe it's on the personal page. Facebook.com. Slash BBQ Central Show. You may or may not find it there. You will find it. Twitter.com slash BBQ Central Show. You will also find it over on YouTube, which is YouTube.com slash at BBQ Central Show, where we also have a YouTube poll question of the week, and we're asking everybody this question. Okay, this question. Will you watch the UFL this spring since the NFL season is officially over as of this past Sunday? And 69% of you are saying you will not watch <laughs> You will not, Andrew. You are not, not watching the UFL. All right. Thirty-one percent of you love football a lot. You'll watch it no matter what. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in ten minutes or less. This coming Friday, episode three hundred and twenty-one, taking you back to February twenty-first, twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. I think so. This time around, yeah, 2012, we feature a highly accomplished pitmaster, a sauce maker, a co-packer from where? Wachula, Florida. Matt Barber of Hot Wachulas. Believe it or not, back in 2012, it was Matt's first time appearing on the show. He went on to appear a number of times after this. And for a good portion of time, Matt was one of the most dominant teams on the FBA circuit. He also did quite well over on the KCBS side of things when he traveled to those. Remember, a lot of the folks that were competing in Florida Barbecue Association, I'm talking about it like it's not a thing anymore. It is. But when we were really covering competition barbecue on the show, all sanctioning bodies concerned, a lot of the folks that were doing FBA were doing that one because there were not a lot of KCBS contests that were even remotely close. I'm talking within 8 to 10 hours. Especially if you lived on the Gulf side and you were more south, you were kind of screwed in that whole thing. So the FBA brought competition to you locally in your state. And then for those of you that were really into it, you wanted to travel out, try some other sanctioning bodies, maybe you'd do some SCA, uh, uh, what was that? SCBBQA, South Carolina Barbecue Association. Maybe you do KCBS. Maybe you do some Memphis and May, Memphis Barbecue Network stuff. But 
FBA is uh, was huge, still pretty big thing going on. Matt was doing very well in FBA, also KCBS. As I mentioned a few moments ago, Matt also runs a highly successful co-packing business, and he is especially helpful to the folks that are looking to get into the sauce and rub business. And he doesn't require huge initial orders like a lot of the other companies that do across the country. So if you're looking to get into this part of the business, you don't need a huge initial order. You can get some really great guidance, uh, insight, maybe a price quote from Matt. Certainly a trusted in, uh, source for insight and intel as far as that's concerned. And if you're not familiar with Matt, it's a good segment to get acquainted with him. He's coming off a reserve grand championship at the then Sam's Club local event back in the day when Sam's Club was a thing, if you can remember that. So I think you'll enjoy it. You can subscribe to the best of show by going to the BBQ Central Show.com slash subscribe and subscribing to the podcast feed. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment you think has been lost in the archives, email John, J O N, at the BBQ Central Show.com and let him know you would like to hear it. He'll do his best to meet your expectation. All right. I mentioned it with Meathead in the first hour, but we have a quick update. The raw chicken guy on Instagram is still alive, still pumping out raw chicken eating content. This is day 26. He's just shy of 400,000 Instagram followers. And today he consumed raw chicken breast with hot sauce on it. He also swallowed what appeared to be perhaps six to eight raw eggs out of a glass. And then he also ate a whole non-shelled full... A whole egg, a raw egg with the shell on it, dropped the whole thing in his mouth and ate it. Uh, everything had hot sauce on it this time around. This guy's a monster. I feel like this is dangerous and I'm not recommending anybody do it. But you can watch him on Instagram do it every day until he gets a tummy ache. And if you don't have a tummy ache by day 26, you're probably not going to get a tummy ache. I'm wondering if I'll be interested next week because I was less interested this week than I was the week before. And again, we're on day 26. So we're just over four weeks with it. Okay. Email from Peter in Indiana. Hey, Greg, I don't know if you're going to take this email the wrong way or not. Uh But please know that this is not meant in a mean-spirited way. My question is this. Do you find it odd that Sam the Cooking Guy is a friend of yours? As in, don't you get more benefit from the relationship than he does? I'm not implying that there isn't a real friendship here. Obviously, there is. But from an outsider like myself looking in, if I'm looking at the two of you independently, he should be getting booked on a podcast more in the vein of a Joe Rogan-type famous show Or something of that caliber versus Barbecue Central show. Again, no offense. Just wondered if you'd ever thought about it like that before. Podcast listener only regards Pete. Pete, uh, no offense taken. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Pete. Peter. I don't know if I've ever thought about it like that per se. I have often thought that I consider myself, uh, A, lucky that I can actually call Sam a friend. We talk ad nauseum off air. What you see once a month, we're talking 10, 15, 20 times a month, text messaging at any and all hours of the night about nonsense. So I value and appreciate the friendship that Sam and I have been able to build over the last 12 or 13 years. Sam has been coming on the show since 2010 might've been his first appearance. Maybe it was 2009, but not, not long after the live show started back in 2008 that I find Sam doing a live show of his own and reached out. And that's where the friendship started or that's where the acquaintance started. And we've been able to become friends over time after that. I can sum it up in this way. Do I think he gets 
less benefit out of being my friend the way you're looking at it, Pete? 100%. I can't even argue that. Not even my wit, my wisdom, my Hollywood good looks can overcome what he has garnered, earned, and established within this industry. I almost feel like, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast or not, but there's a show called the Pete and Sebastian Show. So you have Pete Corielli, stand-up comic. You have Sebastian Maniscalco, stand-up comic. Both of them doing the same thing. I'm not saying Sam and I are doing the same thing, but he's into cooking, I'm into cooking, whatever. Pete is an, a, a, an accomplished stand-up comedian. However, if you compare... Sebastian Maniscalco to Pete, they're not even on the same level. Sebastian in movies got the show on Max called The Bookie. He's selling out Madison Square Garden for comedy shows five nights in a row. Pete and Sebastian are not on the same playing field when it comes to success. However, it is undeniable the friendship and the camaraderie and the ability they have to go back and forth with each other in their podcast. If I were to sum up anything, I would say that is the best example of a Sam and Greg relationship. Sam being Sebastian, me being Pete Corielli, and somehow it just works. Even though Sam is mega famous and he's got almost 4 million YouTube subscribers, he's won multiple Emmys, and I have dick... Somehow, magic happens each and every month when he comes on the show, and that is backed up by a true friendship that we have outside of the show. And as he likes to point out every once in a while, we've never met in person. I do believe that within the next 12 months, that's probably going to change. And I feel like a floodgate opens up once that does happen. But again, highly appreciative, totally value the friendship if it's one-sided or appears one-sided to you, Pete, that's on you. But I can't look at it that way because if I do, I'll cry. <laughs> so I'm not even going to think about it. Yeah. All right. We have Melzy Wilson ready to come in here. We're going to be talking about Smoke Slam, of course. So stay tuned for that before we get to her. I will talk to you about Franklin Barbecue Pits. The last couple weeks, we are here for... The Certified Franklin Dealer Drive. You know the telephones that they have for those shows trying to raise money? Forget about money. Well, don't forget about money. But we're trying to raise the dealer network number here for Franklin Barbecue Pit. So, if you frequent a live fire shop that does carry grills and they don't have any offset pits, high-level offset pits. I'm not talking about those pieces of crap. But they don't have a high-level offset pit then I recommend you tell that person to get online at franklinbbqpits.com and search out where the dealer form or dealer application is and fill one out. That will follow up. Possibly, if everything works out, you set up as a certified Franklin Barbecue Pits dealer. If you own a store, you're looking to get into selling pits or you already sell them, you don't sell the offset, you want something that has a lot of notoriety, has a lot of name cachet with it, Franklin Barbecue Pit is the one you want to bring in. Not only does it have the name recognition and that type of pop within the general public, thing is built like a beast, quarter-inch steel, going to be around for 100 years or more as long as you care for it, right? There's not any of these moving parts, electric nonsense. It's not going to break. And the thing cooks like a dream. Holds temp perfect. You can run on a mix of splits and charcoal. You can just run charcoal Throw in chunks of wood for wood smoke if you want. You can do the exact opposite. Supplement with charcoal to increase your wood split time. It's almost foolproof. It's not totally foolproof. It's fool poor, not foolproof. And as a business owner, don't you want to carry the cream of the crop? I called it the silent salesman last week, and really that's what it is. If you don't have one on the floor, you can talk about it all you want. The best-selling is when it sells itself for the customer to walk into your store now that you're a new certified Franklin dealer because you went to franklinbbqpits.com and you signed up to become a dealer. 
You got one on the floor, maybe you got two, three, four back in the warehouse. As you sell them off the floor, you can just recycle them in and out. Premier pit. Let's go. Let's ramp up the pit count and let's ramp up the dealer count because everybody wants to live next to a certified Franklin Barbecue Pit dealer. Plus, you have accessories that you can put in. It's a great revenue stream to bring into the store. FranklinBBQPits.com. That's FranklinBBQPits.com. And we're back with Melzy Wilson right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes. Doesn't matter if you're a beginner or a professional, it's a cooker you want to add to the arsenal, especially if you're looking into getting into the upright barrel cooker. These, This is the premier upright barrel cooker. PitBarrelCooker.com is the website, and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Joining me in the second hour tonight, a well-respected and accomplished barbecue professional. She has been credited with uh, bringing the Memphis Barbecue Network sanctioning to this year's new event, Smoke Slam. For years and years, a name associated with contests like Memphis and May, but like some other big names in the industry this year, she has joined the steering committee on what will be the other barbecue festival that takes place Thursday, May 16th through Saturday, May 18th. Here to talk about her history in Memphis barbecue and, of course, Smoke Slam, is first-time guest, Melzi Wilson. Melzi, appreciate you coming on the show here this evening to talk all about Smoke Slam and all this other stuff. Before we do that, we have a YouTube yes. poll question of the week, and we're asking all guests Hello. and everybody watching on YouTube this. Will you watch the UFF, uh, the UFL this spring now that the NFL season officially ended this past Sunday? Uh, <laughs> a football fanatic. So I have to say, I'll say yes, right. some, maybe. All right. Uh, 30% of you are voting yeses, and 70% of uses are voting noes. I said my time is fleeting, so I can't waste time on second-rate anything. I have to watch the elite of the elite because, uh, you know, if I was 20 years old, maybe I could waste some time, but I got no time to waste anymore. And uh, we'll see how the rest of the well, poll I go works into out. I go into football withdrawals. <laughs> what's your What's your team? Uh, well, I love SEC football. That's mm. that's my game. Uh, but I'm also a season ticket holder for New Orleans Saints. Are you really? Yeah, wow. I have been since uh, for what? Golly, almost twelve, thirteen years now. Wow, long timer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel very fortunate. Are you a Memphis native? Uh, I was born and raised in the Mississippi Delta. Um, <laughs> kind of made it through the South to Atlanta and Charlotte, North Carolina. And I've been here in Memphis for since uh, late 80s. Always around barbecue growing up. I mean, obviously, when we're talking about the South, I think a lot of people would uh, stereotypically think that everybody down there is southern style barbecue related somehow but is that how it went for you you know i grew up as a as a kid uh on a farm and it was nothing for july 4th and they'd do a backhoe and they'd bury a, a calf they'd bury you know goat pig you name it and cover it in tin and and july 4th everybody'd be happy <laughs> How do you get involved in competition barbecue? How do you first find out about it? Well, a friend of mine asked me to uh, volunteer for Memphis in May. <laughs> and I started as an pastor. And I worked my way through. I just loved it. I love the people. I love working with the teams. And some of those first-year people I met are still my dearest friends today. So 
I feel very, very fortunate to have been exposed to barbecue early on. Uh, through those connections and through working very hard, I went through ambassadors and worked my way up to chair of ambassadors. And then when uh, Memphis and May decided not to become uh, or carry on the sanctioning network across the country and Memphis Barbecue Network was formed, then I went and joined in a rep with Memphis Barbecue Network for some time, then came back to Memphis and May to run their judging for a bit. And then from there, I went on to um, chair barbecue and then for the last few years i, I worked media with them what was that first year you did memphis and may the, the very first one you know i i was trying to think because you know we we're going to talk about myself i want to say it was either 99 or 2000 oh wow i can't remember hmm. when you look back over what is a long history involved with memphis and may and obviously you have a lot of great memories there, but I remember mm -hmm. having Kerry Bringle on towards the end of last year, and he's a little bit of a, a lightning rod as far as his decision to go away from Memphis and May, join the steering committee on Smokesland. We'll talk about that with you here in a second. And he listed a very compelling number of grievances, for lack of a better term, of here's mm -hmm. what it used to be like, Here's why I loved it. And then over time, these things started getting taken away from the festival. And it wasn't always just about the barbecue side of things. Mm. There were many things that he thought should have been left in. And to a point where he seemed a bit disenchanted, uh, there's a new opportunity that opens up. He's open up to doing it. He's not afraid of taking mm. any heat, uh, whether it be locally in person in Nashville or obviously through social media. So he joins the mm. steering committee. When you look back over your time in Memphis in May, what were the great things? And then as time wears on, what made you open to fielding what ended up being a question of, hey, are you interested in joining a steering committee too? Right. Um, you know, you had Malcolm on. And so I've been very blessed to see Malcolm win grand in patio and look at malcolm today yep. you know i've seen those those substantial changes and what an impact barbecue was barbecue back back then right now in the last what 10 12 years barbecue sexy you know barbecue is that that lightning rod of everybody wants to be a part of which back then it it wasn't to that uh extent so i have to say that I've worked very hard and I work very hard with Memphis and May and other volunteers and other people with the organization. And I don't, I don't say I'm doing it at all. Um, I, you know, I've learned a great deal, but it's a very large contest and there's some things they have to hold true to in their organization. And what I saw with talking to uh, everybody at Smoke Slam, was everything I dreamed it would be. It was like my, I wish for in a contest, what I wish for in um, these quality experiences the teams need to, to have, uh, our judges, as well as our volunteers, because I've been a volunteer, you know, pretty much my whole career. So I really want to make sure that those particular groups are taken care of as we move forward with smoke slam i'm asking you to speculate and if you don't want to don't do you think memphis and may the event or the organization itself is in some type of peril whether it be financially or disinterest growing with the contest itself to mm -hmm. where it might dry up in a year two or three do you think there's do you think that's a real thing or not so much no i'll of us, you know, there are um, uh, 501C, you know, uh, their P&Ls are published. You read exactly what I read. Um, you know, I, I, I wish everybody there the best, you know, uh, to watch stage is, is pretty great. Um, you know, it's one of the top contests. Uh, I, 
I don't want to speculate on something because I'm not uh, in the room. Um, I see that, um, you know, the numbers like you do, I know that, you know, what the losses have been, but, you know, Mac now just this past week talking about how strong and what a financial great future they have. So. When were you approached <laughs> by Smokesland to join the steering committee? Uh, I wasn't directly approached by uh, Smoke Slam. It was kind of like indirectly back in late fall uh, toward, and then we seriously started talking uh, around December about joining. And, uh, you know, I talked to Carrie. I talked to uh, several key people. Uh, but after I met with uh, Milton and, and Mike and several people, I just love what they had to say. I loved what they wanted to do. I know there's been a lot of talk about a for-profit company versus a nonprofit. You know, a uh, nonprofit is just a type of organization. It doesn't mean you're a charity. It doesn't mean you're philanthropic. But when I look at what the founders of Ford Momentum and those connected with Smoke Slam, they are very driven toward giving back to the city, toward looking at great causes to incorporate within our event. And that's what got me because I'm all about paying it forward. And I'm, I'm really excited about what we have moving in that area of philanthropic work that I hope that we can share very soon. What are they bringing you on to do specifically? What are going to be your day-to-day -day roles? Um, I'm doing a little bit of everything. Uh, I was brought on because uh, when you looked at the big picture, you know, they, Mempho Presents is very strong in presenting events. And they just didn't have a a contest type background with running an, uh, an event like this. And so that's where my area of expertise comes in with bringing together, you know, we have the sanctioning bodies of the NBN, as we've noted, and we have World Food Championships that's coming in and doing our ancillaries. So we're very excited about bringing those two together for a sanctioned and promoting uh, barbecue through that through those means. Um, so just day to day, I am doing spreadsheets and working on uh, uh, team timelines, you know, working with production to ensure that um, we're protecting the park because we've got a great team looking out for that and to maximize the space so we can see, you know, just how many teams we can get into the area and have a great contest and run it timely because it is going to have to run very timely. So for the folks on the fence, those folks, I mean teams, and then just for the everyday fan that's kind of looking at this as I am seeing a new event pop mm -hmm. up, wondering how this is going to come off. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the event, specifically the competition and how it's going mm -hmm. to run and be judged. Okay, so let's talk about the festival. It's it's a festival. It's very unique in the fact that we have um, not only a a barbecue competition that's run by two great uh, sanctioning bodies, but we also have that fe that festival spirit where we're going to have um, uh, engagement with music. We've got some carnival rides. We've got a Ferris wheel. We've got a carousel. We really want to, like you say, we want those barbecue people to uh, that are coming in to attend that they have a good time. We're going to have engagement with um, uh, hopefully some uh, pork, you know, some different products where we're able to engage with the general public as well as from a VIP standpoint. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a multi-level experience. We want everybody that walks in those gates to be able to have music, to be able to uh, walk around and, and see the teams, as well as be very engaged from a interactive standpoint with um, some of the things we've got coming on. How is the competition going to run? 
Uh, we are going to have ancillaries, which I, I wrote them down just so I wouldn't uh, forget anything. We've got uh, World for Championship. They're going to be running our ancillaries on Thursday and Friday. We've got dessert, duck, seafood, poultry, wings, beef, and one of my favorites, bacon. We do that at Hawks for a Cause, and I love it. Um, and then uh, we'll be giving those awards away on Friday night. And then Saturday is Pork Championship Day with Memphis Barbecue Network running that. And we'll have whole hog, we'll have uh, pulled pork and pork ribs. And it'll be unique. It won't be the standard NBN sanctioned event. It will be a combination of preliminary on sites as well as blind. And then with finals being on site as well. What's the normal? So we've got. Uh, we've, what's the normal Memphis barbecue? Is it just blind that first round and then on site through the finals? Yes, yes. The, they changed it up uh, almost. I guess it's been almost two, ten years ago, because it was just more affordable for teams. That's a lot of meat to prepare for, you know, on site as well as blind, and then be prepared for your finals. So it was. It was really a savings, and it's it's resulted in the Memphis Barbecue Network growing a great deal. I think they have. Four 40 plus contests this year and the team attendance is very high per event so in the past you had to cook all three categories if you were a team yes. wow oh no no, no 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 you cooked any you wanted to you could cook just ribs if you wanted to or you could cook all three got it same yeah. same this year so in smoke slam you can cook all three if you want or you can just yes. cook ribs or, yes. or pulled pork or whole hog you can do whatever you want to. You just got to cook one. Entry fee wise, what are we looking at? Uh, so uh, for those smaller, for the smaller spaces, um, it w it was two thousand, and that includes your entry fees for the MBN. It included a MBN admin fee. It included uh, two uh, twenty amps. 110s it included a porta potty i mean we're trying to do as much as possible just to make it affordable for teams to come in and participate because some just haven't been able to come and compete in memphis because of cost because they don't all have big sponsors prize wise what are we looking at from a, oh, a cash wow. opportunity? I've mentioned it a few different times on the show, but if you want to break down what the ancillaries look like, and then of course what the major meets yeah. and overall. Yeah. So, um, 250,000 total, which is the highest barbecue payout, I think in huge. history. Yeah. Yes. Huge. Um, with the ancillaries, we're placing five, in each category, and that's a total of forty thousand. So, like you say, if you're cooking, cook a few ancillaries, then you know. And most of the teams are are signing up for all or multiple in the ancillaries, and then that I'm seeing so far. And then for uh, uh, MBN for the pork championship, we have a fifty thousand dollar grand prize. And then our first places go from fifteen thousand to five thousand. So placing one through five. If you just it. cook MBN and you win a major meet, so pull pork, whole hog, or ribs, you get fifteen grand for that, and then that puts you in the running for overall. If you win overall, now you're totaled at sixty five, and that's before any ancillaries you might win, and you 65. can get money on top of that. And yes. uh, World Food Championship and? invites, right? Yes, I was just about to add that. Wow. Each first we have, we'll get a ticket to the World Food Championships. Hmm. So it's it's a win-win. You know, we plan on having a great time, you know, uh, from a general public foodie aspect to great barbecue competition. Do you know if there's any type of multi-year agreement that's set in place right now between Smoke Slam and Memphis River Parks partnership, specifically with Tom Lee Park? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I can elaborate a little bit on that. We're here for the long haul. We have a 10-year uh, agreement. Wow. So we're, um, we're looking forward to really making uh, Smoke Slam that event to attend <laughs> and be a part of. 
and the excitement I'm feeling from the teams is is just great. It's 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 awesome. How many are signed up, like locked and loaded right now? I don't really want to release. I can release it to you a little bit later just because we're trying to maximize the the park as much as possible. So we've got meetings tomorrow again to to see how we can fit the teams in. We we don't want to be huge, Greg. We want to make sure we have a a controlled area where you know we're utilizing those spaces we can. We want to be very cognizant of the park and you know the load bearing road. We've got to be very careful on that. Can I have you hold on one second here? I'll do a piece of business. We'll come back and talk about some other stuff related mostly. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Stand yeah, by. Sure. We're talking with Melzi Wilson from Smokeslam, the organizer over there, and uh, just learning that there's a 10-year agreement. So, indeed, long haul, yes, I would say so. I would have been shocked in like a three-year deal. Listen up, gang. Our friends over at Big Papa Smokers have something special just for you, the listener of the show. Whether you're a seasoned pitmaster or grilling newbie, Big Papa Smokers is your one-stop shop for all things barbecue from their championship rubs, mouth-watering sauces, essential accessories, They've got what you need to take your food to the next level, whether you're on the competition circuit or you're just in the backyard like me. Here's the cherry on top. Big Papa Smokers is offering the listeners of the Barbecue Central Show an exclusive deal. Use promo code REMPE at checkout. That's R-E-M-P-E. You'll get $10 off your next $50 purchase of rubs, sauces, and accessories. Now, imagine the possibilities. Evaluate your ribs with Big Papa's Sweet Money or Sweet Money Hot. Or add Big Papa's Desert Gold to your chicken or vegetables or better yet. Pick up Double Secret. Put it on your steak. Head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com and start shopping today. Don't forget to use the promo code REMPE, R-E-M-P-E, at checkout to claim your $10 off your next order of $50 or more. You're saving money. It's easy. Don't forget to check out Big Papa's full line of recipes at Cooking with Big Papa. That's cookingwithbigpapa.com. Of course, follow them on social media as well. Promo code REMPY to save you 10 bucks off of 50. We're back with more Melzy Wilson and Smoke Slam right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. We welcome you back here. Barbecue Central Show, and we're talking with Melzy Wilson from Smoke Slam, the website, of course, smokeslam.com. If you want to check it out while we're talking, maybe you're interested in team signing up, you can do that there as well. So we learned as we were headed out that there is a 10-year agreement between Smoke Slam, Memphis mm-hmm. River Parks Partnership. So uh, certainly encouraging to hear that there was uh, that type of self-belief in this event, uh, both um, from both sides mm-hmm. of the fence, by the way, that uh, this Correct. is going to be something that's going to continue to grow and, and gain popularity. So uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this event. No one seems to believe that this is sheer coincidence that Tom Lee Park opens up and magically there's a brand new contest to backfill the vacancy in the park. And this may be before. So I guess the, the long question is this. You look back at last year's Memphis and May taking place in a newly renovated Tom Lee Park. They have it. It's tore up, at least according to where the damage bill is, at $1.4 million. And then they're on the hook for after deposit $600,000, $700,000, whatever it is. Now they're battling in court, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is there a worry that a brand new smoke slam is going to slot in 
to a area that has already seen a fairly major barbecue competition. And at the end of it, there's going to be a huge bill for repairing roads and sod and sprinkling machines mm -hmm. and fences and small kids and whatever else. Right. So, you know, we were talking about earlier about, you know, lim limit space for teams participating. They're very cognizant of the fact that we have to keep to those load bearing, you know, roads. And then we are we brought in specialists. Minfo presents to begin with has experts in in having events in those sensitive areas. So they got they've got that experience. But we have brought in an environment let me get it right, an environmental planning project team wow. and so they will be working hand in hand with us last monday every director head within the event for the whole month came in and we walked tom lee park we walked it with mrpp uh we had specialists with our vendors with you know laying track making sure that you know what curbs we could come across. Uh, there's a lot of preventive maintenance and preventive measures being put into place in order to minimize all of that to a max. Is there any expectation set by Memphis River Parks that even with your best efforts, expect to get X type of bill by the time this thing is over or no? That wasn't even discussed. I mean, they, they were very thankful that we brought them in that they will be hand in hand with, with us and with uh production guys and as we move forward i mean he asked a lot they ask a lot of questions and we had all the right answers you know i'm very fortunate to work with such a phenomenal team in metfo presents isn't there any type of worry though that if you don't talk about that in advance, like that's not the that's not the bill you want as mm -hmm. the surprise bill? So any oh, no. any uh, insight Correct. you can get ahead of time where we think it might not exceed X or Y, then at least there's some type of expectation set, and not just you know hoping for the best. Well, I mean that's why all these preventive measures are being put into place. I mean a great deal of being put, you know. Um, once I can share, I can show some, you know, we could look at uh, the diagram of what is being put in to give a thorough way for teams to get to their places in order to minimize damage. You know, um, the, everything's being done to, to where we don't discuss a bill like was in the past. To your knowledge, there were no discussions about this event or no bringing it up before Memphis and May last year? Not to my knowledge, and we had a great meeting with MRPP. They were in most of our meetings on Monday, and like like I said, we walked the full length of the park, and he was very pleased with everything um, my, Jerry, everybody had to say about what was going to happen. One of the most recurring questions that I hear, and that's being asked of me, and I don't know why anybody asked me any questions about this, why is this going on the same weekend as Memphis in May? It's affecting the turnout for both events. If you're going to have them on the same weekend, you're pulling from the same competition pool. And in the end, it's hurting everybody. It's not helping everybody. So why why go against uh, Memphis in May on the same weekend? You know, Greg, I'm going to have to disagree with you because we're taking a little bit of different approach. Like I said, we're using the MBN to begin with from a competition standpoint. We are utilizing the MBN and the World Food Championship. We've got teams coming from both those areas. They together have over 500 competitive active teams. So will there be some teams that will move over? And I'm sure there will be that won't cook in the other contest. But... You know, there's a lot of teams that we're seeing strong MBN, strong world food. I mean, we've got, I got contacted by uh, a team. It's KCBS teams. It's four teams that have gotten together and they're going to compete. So we're going to see, you're going to see a different platform of 
phenomenal pit masters that are going to be performing. Uh, you know, and it is, it's a performance. I, I, I consider uh, barbecue competition a sport myself. Um, and there's going to be a lot of great competition down there, a lot of great teams. And it, and with a twist, besides that awesome event with the barbecue, we're going to have a festival. We've got music. We've got already, we've got war that's headlining on Friday night, which that's been, you know, war, you know, I'm not going to sing. I don't say, but um, I, I've been, it's been playing in my head ever since they told me. So we've got war. We've got, you know, we're looking at local music. We've got, um, we're hopefully, you know, bringing in uh, and kind of like doing like a, a, a festival, mini arcade, uh, as I said, along with the Ferris wheel, the carousel, uh, we're going to have interactive sections of the park where, you know, our team, our audience, uh, whether VIP or a general admission can learn more about barbecue. We hope to have some demonstrations, some bizarre areas to profile local Memphis business, as well as barbecue business and products. So, you know, it's going to be a festival. It's going to be a fun time, whether you're a barbecue person or you're just in the area of Vistra and want to have a great time in a great looking park down on the river. So people are reading too much into the same weekend? I think so. You know, this is Memphis. This is barbecue country. No shame to anybody else, Texas or anybody else that says, you know, they're the barbecue capital. But Memphis can bring it. I mean, they really can. And and the surrounding areas. I mean, we've got teams coming in from 12 states. Mm. You know, that's a lot of, of impact to the city of Memphis, to tourism, to hotels, restaurants, etc., grocery stores, buying stuff, you know, so we're just very proud that we're able to come in, have the expertise, and pull off a phenomenal event for city of Memphis, for businesses, and for these great barbecue competition teams. Let me give you a conspiracy theory and you tell me if i'm oh, full of shit or not. Me. here we go to me okay putting on you can cuss on your show well this is the internet so we can do whatever we want. Oh. <laughs> putting on an event this big head to head with a what many consider to be a major barbecue event that takes place every year that mm -hmm. being memphis in may mm -hmm. this is a power play so my thought is Smoke Slam is either looking to run Memphis and May right out of town or look to force them nicely or maybe not so nicely into a merge or partnership in some way going forward outside of this year. Possibility? No, not at, not at all. Not at all. We see ourselves. No. We see ourselves as something completely different. You know, we, we're here for the long term, like we said. We're also here to just bring a solid family fun event for the city of Memphis, for visitors, and to have a phenomenal barbecue experience for our teams. I mean, we've got the NBN, we've got World Foods. They've not been involved with, uh, with the other festival. Mm -hmm. I, I won't say other because you've used to other about us. <laughs> But no, I, I think there's room in the, in the in the sandbox for both of us. Is, was sanctioning key for you? Did you want to have yes. this first me, year event sanctioned yes. no matter what? Yes. Were you looking yes. into other Free sanctioning bodies besides MBA? Would you have the Texas Barbecue Association be doing Memphis a Memphis barbecue event? <laughs> well, I mean, really. Well, what about uh, what about eat? Why not have uh, eat or World Food Championships runs the eat methodology? You could run their scoring system all the way through if you wanted, I suppose, as an option. 
We could, but yes, yes. But, uh, you know, what we worked with them on the uh, ancillaries is such a major play for us. Uh, You know, I've never attended an event. I have friends that are judges. I see all the pictures. I follow them. I think they're going to do an awesome job with our world foods. But we wanted to bring it home with the Memphis Barbecue Network and their expertise and guidance um, and just, you know, highlight that. It's Memphis. It's barbecue. Another conspiracy theory. Tell me. What about conversations that maybe Ford Momentum or Memphis Fest wanted to have mm-hmm. with Memphis and Maine? Say, hey, guys, gals, you got this historic barbecue contest, but you're pissing it all away and you don't even realize. We can... If we can come together here, work together, we have all these great ideas, we can re-festivalize, I don't even think that's a word, but we can re-festivalize this <laughs> and make it as great as it was, you know, decades ago. Not saying it's not as great, but it's mm-hmm. not. Let us mm-hmm. help you. And that there was a rebuffing by Memphis and May said, no, 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 we know what we want to do. This is the way we're going to do it. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you make your own contest if you think you can do better. Now, I don't know about that conversation. I'll be honest with you. You know, my area is, you know, what I I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, um, I've been brought in as for a barbecue expert, not to sit in the boardroom and, and make those decisions or be a part of those conversations. And I am happy to be brought in and uh, tickle pink about, you know, just just doing what I'm doing and that's promoting barbecue in Memphis and just all, you know, every single day we say whatever we're going to do, whatever action we take has to result in a quality experience. And that's our focus. Outside of Smoke Slam, and you mm-hmm. mentioned it very briefly, you are part of Hogs for a Cause. What are you doing for them? And what do you like? Yes. Yes, I have been their judging coordinator. It's really, can I tell you a quick story? Please. So I don't know how much you know about uh, Hogs for the Cause, but um, it was a group of of friends that got together to help uh, one of their friends whose son was suffering from pediatric brain cancer. So they had a backyard fundraiser. Then they had a block party. And within a very short period, period of time they were at city park in new orleans and they had no formal approach so one of my employees because i'm in international logistics so one of my employees was sitting between two of the founders and they were going back and forth uh, on the airplane stating what do we do what do we do finally she pulled out a business card she wrote my number on the back she goes y'all need help <laughs> they called me the next week i went down to new orleans and uh the rest is history. I love those guys. We've got down to a clockwork. Um, it's what we raised, I think, and I had a bet and I won uh, $5 million, wow. right at $5 million. And it's one of those nonprofits that they work very hard and they give, they try so hard to give away so much money. And they're about to open up their second hall house in Baton Rouge. It's almost finished. So it's it's an awesome experience. It's um, it is it's one it, Memphis Barbecue Network. I brought them in, and they run it as a uh, non-sanctioned event. So it's really different in that we have some um, judges that are certified, but we want to keep that free spirit of do I like it or not. So we actually have a lot of people that judge that sign up to judge that we teach them on the spot. So it's never a dull moment, never a dull moment. And it's nothing for us to have 60-something hogs and 100 entries and all the rest of the categories. It's a busy two days. The other organization you're involved with, Melissa Cookson was just telling us about a couple months ago. I think we might have been, when she was on the last time, we might have been a week away from Mm -hmm. the the final championship. Is it the world? Yes. World Junior Barbecue Association? World Junior Barbecue League, yes, yes. yes. And it's focused on young people from 14 to 18, high school or equivalent. And uh, I tell you what, they laugh at me. Uh, Well, we're all, but I cry all the time when I see the impact just with 
just with meeting those kids the Friday at Cook's meeting and then going all the way working with them through that following evening at awards, uh, it, it touches your heart. It, it's, a, it's a grand experience and I'm very uh, proud that Melissa thinks enough of me to have me a part of her organization on that. This is Melzi Wilson. She's the organizer at Smoke Slam. The website smokeslam.com. If you want to check it out here, especially if you're getting it over podcasts, you can't listen or you can't watch it while we're talking here. The event, May 16th through May 18th. And again, the website smokeslam.com. Melzi, appreciate the extended time here this evening. Look back on your background and then talking about Smoke Slam and its competitor, the other one over there at Liberty Park. And uh, really looking forward to seeing how this is coming off. By the way, if there's yeah. any breaking news or anything you want to come on and share as we lead up to it, please reach out and we'd love to have you back on. We would love to. We've got so much coming our way that um, I'd love to ping you and, and just get a bite, uh, just a sound bite and, and share it with you. All right. Melzi, We're excited. It. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's Melzi Wilson right there. lot to unpack. We'll do that when we come back. Maybe also when we have a new show next week. Uh, we'll look at that. The clock's not too bad. So we will do this last piece of business and we'll come back and wrap the show. Smokeslam.com, the website. I believe social media is uh, the same. Smokeslam. So go ahead and check them out. As we get ready to close it out here, for those of you who share a passion, if you are a fellow passionado about the premium hand-rolled cigars, you know it's time for the Aladino Reed. Yes, JRE Tobacco, makers of the Aladino line, the Corojo, Corojo Reserve, Aladino Classic, Aladino Sumatra, just to name a few. I have... The, I think, Petite Corona in Aladino Classic. Wow. Stupendous. 4 by 40 If you want a sample, I can send you some out in my dime. No problem. I'll get you hooked. They're like 35 minutes. Uh, again, full cigar experience. Great flavor. Nothing too harsh. I like to say Aladino is full flavor, but... In that medium strength category, maybe at least for me. I mean, it can differ from person to person because we're all human, right? But if you want to try a classic, I got it in a smaller size. If you want a Corojo Reserva, I got some box press Figurados, which require the most elite rollers to do. So email me and I'll ship you some samples if you would care to. Greg at thebbcentralshow.com. Just let me know. If you would like to try some Aladinos, and I'll send them right out within that week that you send me the email. Here's the bottom line. Trying out different blends from the Aroa family. They own Jerry Tobacco. It demonstrates our expertise in mastering hard-to-grow tobaccos, the varieties, blending them in a way that a smoking experience always second to none with them. Again, if you want a sample, email me. I'll send them your way. Otherwise, visit a retailer, jretobacco.com. Find a retailer near you. And if you already have a retailer, but they don't carry JRE Tobacco products, tell them to do so. I can help you out. I can help facilitate that. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampy. All right, we are back. Getting ready to wrap it up. Drunken honky weighing in. Well, Greg done it again. He asked the questions and they are avoiding them. What? Sometimes people aren't in the room drunken honky. We thank Melzy Wilson for joining us the last two segments. Smokeslam.com is the website. If you would like to check that out, if you're a team interested in competing, you can go out and fill all that application and all that stuff. And now we've got a break neck to get out. People can hit the clock. All the way back in the first hour, Meathead joined us. 
AmazingRibs.com that it was Robert Moss talking about lesser known cuts from the past, RobertFMoss.com. And then for the last two segments, it was Melzy Wilson, organizer at Smoke Slam. SmokeSlam.com is the website. Big show planned for you next week. Third Tuesday of the month, Steve Ray, former embedded correspondent from Tennessee, is coming back with an HBA recap. Then we have Wes Wright, and we have other things going on in the second hour that I can't remember. So, how do I always leave? September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Happy birthday, 21st, Maddie Rempe. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Brisketor, the Barbecue Wizard, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Bye-bye!